0: Hey, when do you want to do the intro on this one? I think you should do the intro on this one. Mm. I want to hear no, that sexy no, voice. Yours? So. <laughs> no, no. Chuck Tomahawk. I don't think so. Come man. on, let me Sweet do it when it. I'm not high. Dude, this is all going in the episode already.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, then
0: that doubles down. I'm going to say. You're
1: No, you're going
0: you're gonna to have... Why the, wouldn't you want to do the quip? Because you're going to so be easy. like it's, it's this. It's right here. The, like it's in big time, green
1: When I actually do it, you're going to get a whole different look on your face. You're gonna no, be like, man, I
0: swear. <laughs> I like, swear, dude. Dude, it any way you the, want, dude, man. The listeners, like, like, listeners want to hear you do the quip, man. The they want to hear you do you the intro. <laughs> look, that's why I put it in big green letters for you right
1: there. <laughs> I'm colorblind. Thanks Come for that. Like red, green specifically. So yeah, did you forget <laughs> that I was colorblind? So you, you put it in green just to like because <laughs> I love you, <laughs> man. I wasn't thinking about that. Help. I I had forgotten about that. Okay, you just want me to do the quip, not the whole introduction. You know
0: right? the the yeah. you know you know the, the beginning part. Right. Why are you scratching your head, man? <laughs> See? See that's, <laughs> that's exactly what, what I'm talking about. <laughs> This is going to be one of the most fun episodes to talk to ever. We just got to get through this intro. <clears throat> we are recording, right? I yeah. just laughed enough. <laughs> I laughed so much
1: that I got a little dizzy there. Oh, that can't be good for concentration. <clears throat> okay. Let rip. All right. All right. Yeah. Welcome. <clears throat> All right. Uh, welcome! I want to welcome everyone: listeners, gamers, non-gamers, PvEers, PvPers, and even the NPCs. Because we don't discriminate here at the New Wave Gaming Podcast.
0: Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Super stoked to be back. I think this is our ninth episode. We're getting close to the big. One zero, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, You know, we've been really enjoying this. Have you been enjoying it, Chuck T? I
1: have really, and then like I, I've, I had the same thought. Like ten would be, you know, like a milestone. I think, like, you know, it's a
0: hundred percent. Yeah, it's 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 a milestone, no doubt. We're really stoked to be here for this episode. We want to thank all the returning listeners for coming back for another round of action. And we want to thank any new listeners that are tuning in for the first time. Uh, I'm Ovox. And I'm Chuck Tomahawk. And uh, and this is, like Chuck T. just mentioned a moment ago, the New Wave Gaming Podcast. Where, I'm not going to lie, we've been ping-ponging around episodes here, talking about a whole bunch of different stuff. But really what we we try to uh, nail down with this podcast is kind of talking about gaming and how it's evolved over the years. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. That's like the main uh, vertical of our podcast. And that's coming from the perspective of, uh, you know, two, two gents here that are a little bit different age, but we've kind of covered the whole range of gaming and feel like we got something to offer here in terms of, uh, what would you say, uh, just nostalgic experience, firsthand experience on seeing how all this stuff has evolved. And uh, and that's what we're going to continue talking about today. We're going to take you from Pong to the cloud is what I'm thinking, baby. Oh, really? All
1: the way to the cloud. That's where it's going next, I think.
0: Pong to the cloud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And on this ninth episode, it actually, I think the idea kind of sparked in our last episode where we talked about the Atari VCS, a.k.a. 2600 and we were kind of talking about how the whole uh birth of console gaming had a huge you know was was a huge factor in how coin op arcade games kind of started to uh dissipate as you know the 90s came along and that's really what we're going to talk about today is arcade games arcade gaming and just that amazing experience that some of us not all of us but some of us got to have like just going into the arcade and dumping I don't know tens of twenty you know thirty dollars and qu- and quarters into a machine uh, and what was at the time just, still a real new thing for a lot of us young kids back then <laughs> yeah. kind of went on a rant there, but that's really it. Right. That's what we want to talk about in this episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, as it tied in sort of there with the Atari 2600, like one of the selling points was bringing space invaders and like some of the, the, you know, initial successes from the arcade to the house. And, uh, you know, maybe in some ways that was the beginning of the, the, the end of its heyday, um, you know, when there, there were other options, but, uh, you know, one thing that always stood out to me is the graphics were just always good. You, you know, even though I think they we're looking at CRT TVs, it, like the, there was, you know, the, there mm-hmm. was just something about that. Like, like you know, even it was just really that was rare a sh- for a, a home game to be as good as what you could see at the arcade.
0: Um, and that was really the 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 front line, right? That was kind of the front line of the battle between uh, the beginning of console versus coin op at that you know back then because you're right the arcade games had way better graphics they had way better sound and at the time yeah the console couldn't it just didn't have the tech it wasn't there for that yeah yeah and uh and that and yeah that was a huge that was kind of the the battle line there we'll say yeah so before we jump into it again thank everyone for tuning in And if you'd like to check us out, uh, you know, off the podcast, you can find us on Facebook. We're at uh, facebook.com forward slash new wave gaming podcast. That's one long word. Facebook.com forward slash new wave gaming podcast. You can always shoot us an email as well at Chuck at gmail.com. That's O-V-O-X-A-N-D-C-H-U-K at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot us your thoughts ideas maybe you know episode ideas anything like that something you'd like to hear us maybe chat about uh we'll definitely we'll definitely check it out and maybe throw up an episode about it or uh you know if you give us a shout out we'll we'll read it here on the on the podcast uh anything else chuck about uh our social media or or anything like that do you want to hear out do you want to hear from anyone about anything do you have any questions out there um
1: yeah. I, you know, I'd love to just know what, um, like, like show ideals, especially like you mentioned there, you know, you know, things that people would love to see us maybe investigate sort of in the style that we've done other things and, and, um, Bring you know, kind of tie our comedic up. touch to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it, you know, I, I don't know that folks realize it. It's a good, there's a good bit to it. Um, you know, we're blessed these days with, um, search engines and whatnot, but kind of wading through everything, you know, to the, the good stuff takes a minute. So.
0: Um, yeah, and you yeah. found some good stuff about today's topic. <laughs> I was like, where does Chuck find these like <laughs> angles to talk about things on the deep dark, deep dark web? You know, <laughs> what angles of the gaming web? Um yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, ultimately what, what the episode came from was like just Chuck and I reminiscing on on our experiences way back in well, for me it was the 90s really is when I got to experience arcades and the joy of going to play these coin-op games. Basically, just I mean, I'm I'm sure you've all seen them before, even though they're definitely disappearing these days. But there's just these massive boxes that you would walk up and stand in front of with a screen and a couple of joysticks and maybe two to six buttons, depending on what game. Really, that's kind of the general physical appearance of one of these things. And uh, for, for me experiencing that was in the 90s... Uh, Chuck probably 80s and 90s as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I would have been
1: right at its birth. You know, I consider 81, 82, something in there. So I'd have been around 10 years old, like perfect audience for it. You know, tall enough oh, to man, see. Man, you it. were
0: right there in the heyday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you were there. Like, yeah. Loving I it. think uh, fun fun fact. Um, well, you know, based off what we found on on the interwebs. But I think it was in 81 when like uh, in the U.S. in that in the fiscal year of 81, like people spent eight billion dollars (laughs) on on arcade games. I think like that's that's it. I don't remember. uh, I think it was in some of the research you passed over to me that at the time that was more than the budgets for like five or six of the largest major cities in the United States. Yeah. That's
1: the way they framed that sort of in a, it was almost <laughs> like there was a, a television news, local television news type thing covering, uh, like, like the popularity of video games. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of crazy, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that yeah. crazy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, uh, putting a quarter in there, like, like kind of like does change the stakes. Like, like, you know, we were talking about that just a little bit earlier today. Like, uh, I, you know, I, I, I guess I, I thought of it in that frame when I was thinking like how great it is to have it at home, you know, you've got unlimited quarters essentially, but I never thought about how it's a little more serious. Like, you know, I mean, you put your hard earned money in there and it's like, this is your chance. Like, you
2: know. oh man, it's
0: like, it's, it's in fact so serious that, uh, a lot of local and well, don't hold, don't, you know, don't uh, hold my feet to the fire on this one, but uh, uh, a lot of governments. I was going to say local and and federal, but I don't know if federal. But anyways, I know that a lot of governments, we'll just say local ones, uh, had a had a real issue with that because they were saying, "Hey, is this gambling? You know, is this are these games of chance or games of of skill?" Oh, yeah, and we'll dive into that. We'll we'll jump into that here in a little bit because that was a huge thing. So we're gonna yeah we're uh, we're gonna talk about some historical stuff here as we usually do in our podcast but really it's it's mostly just to to relive and share with everyone and hopefully every uh, you know some listeners will be able to reminisce with us and be like god i remember that <laughs> that was so much fun and then you know what if there's any younger listeners that have never experienced this this uh <clears throat> Arc- this arcade uh god i hate saying experience twice but have if you haven't experienced this arcade experience <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i hate saying the that. vibe you know uh, just the, the vibe you can- know that feeling you you can still do it i mean it's not like it is back in the 80s man or in the 90s but you can still have this experience there still are arcades out there and you gotta go you gotta do it yeah. um so man where to begin should we just do a little bit of a uh, or was I getting at something? I'm so excited. I don't know I, if I, I was like getting the, at something. The, and I...
1: if, if we could just lay down that little bit of history of how how we got to this place of a, of the you know a coin op machine or, or, or something you know a game that I'm playing for entertainment that that I you know put some money down. I, I found that part pretty interesting. I, I saw something like maybe like strength testing machines or something with the carnival. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. When, I mean, it it's, it really depends on how far we want to go back, because I saw stuff saying like late nineteenth century. You know, that's like in the eighteen hundreds, and I think there was like skee ball and carnival games. And you had mentioned like strongman yes yeah. type stuff. That's yeah. a carnival game if ever one I ever heard one right there. Yeah,
1: like you punch this thing and and, and there's like a when you hit a hit, a thing that causes this thing to go up high enough. And if it goes up to the very top, it hits this bell where, you know, you get this real satisfying yep. ding you know, yep. thing. Yep. And, and, you know, I, I think that was kind of uh, like, and like in, in how this kind of ties back in with Nolan Bush now, like, like the guy from Atari where, where, you know, I think he, he
0: sort of, he developed this thing called computer space was sort of a, a prototyped plastic Absolutely. Now that's way down the road. I don't know if we want to jump ahead that far yet, but um,
1: yeah, you know, I guess I just see that point, like like we're, you know, that these things got more and more, like almost like the games you would see at Dave and Buster's, you know, at this point in time, like skee ball, like you said, you know, things that you could put a coin in and and you know do different things, and that kind of existed. And I think he saw, like maybe he had pong or something, and, and he was kind of like. You know, hey, there's something here. Like I can. Uh, yeah,
0: we're gonna we're gonna get to that. We're gonna yeah, get to that. Yeah. Um. But we got we. So we're in the 1800s. Everyone's wearing like really, you know, classy. Like they were in those hats and they got the the nice uh, suits. Everyone's looking real nice back in the late 1800s. It's still the end of the Wild Wild West days, yeah. and uh, you could go to find these carnival games and skee ball, and then that kind of lasted up to the 1940s, it looks like. But before that, right around there at the 1930s, coming out of the the Depression, we see pinball come up and arise. Mm -hmm. Pinball from the 1930s to the 1960s was kind of like the heyday there. I mean, there's obviously still a lot of pinball machines. Um, In fact, I wouldn't even go to say that it ended in the 1960s, certainly not. But pinball was a huge one. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a whole bunch of controversy around pinball, too, uh, regarding the games of skill versus games of, of chance and gambling and how to regulate that. It wasn't until, and this is just another like, fun factoid, it wasn't until they were able to invent those electrical paddles uh-huh. that the creators of the pinball machine could, could, in fact, now I remember, it was classified as a game of chance. And it, it fell under the gambling type regulation set. And it wasn't until yes. they invented those paddles that the, that the people that made the pinball machine were able to go back and say, hey, we're going to reclassify this thing because now there's, there's actually some skill involved here. And it's not just wherever the ball may go. So they uh-huh. reclassify uh-huh. that bad boy and it ceased to be a game of chance, became a game of skill, and therefore was able to be w- much more widely like distributed. And man, pinball machines were taking over the country, dude. <laughs> At least that's kind of like the understanding I got from our research. It makes perfect sense. It does, yeah. I I saw something too that links like some of that technology came
1: out of World War II. I I forget exactly what it it was used for, um. But but the, like the 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 something that developed in the development of pinball machines, like the points or, or something like that. Ah, uh, you know, oh, man, that, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It, I mean, it makes sense because a lot of a lot of tech came out of that. Uh, you know that oh, that war. A lot of stuff came from that. It, it, it's almost it's like advancement. Something
1: in history that, like, like I, I think maybe even this particular article pointed out that it it, it repeats itself. Like, like a, a lot of things come out of you know bad things like that. Like, like technology can kind of get a, yeah. get a boost, you know, in an unexpected way. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. I'd
0: oh, think. and I, I wouldn't be surprised if if we got real granular about this and got real depthful that we would find that a lot of the actual um, electromechanical and, and uh, digital, you know, all this um, programming and video game tech, I'm sure a lot of its roots come from the technology that was produced in World War II or that came from that, uh, that you know, yeah. historical event. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so we got pinball. And then, uh, yeah, and after that, 1940s to 1970s comes electromechanical games, which aren't arcade games yet, but that's kind of like before. Electromechanical, gosh, I'm trying to find a good example here. But I saw things, like I saw that Sega, which I didn't know, I didn't know that Sega's been around since 1960. I didn't either. (laughs) Sega had some electromechanical games back in the 60s. One of them was called Periscope. So, it's yeah, here, let me read this real quick. I'm using a cheat code from Google, meaning we're just using Google to find quick answers. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it says, Periscope is an electromechanical arcade shooting submarine simulator, initially called Torpedo Launcher. It was designed by Nakamura Fe- Manufacturing Company, which became Namco in 1977. We've all heard that name. Uh, And released in Japan in 1965. So this is even before the first arcade games, which came out in 72, 71, 72. It says, oh, hold on. It says here, and released in Japan in 1965 as the first arcade game. But it says it's an electromechanical game. So, you know, matter of interpretation and perspective, but I think we can... looking at the picture, it doesn't seem like a video game to me. It seems more like a a mechanical one. Um, And then it says, electromechanical games are types of arcade games. Ah, that's right. It's a type of arcade game. That's why. Okay. Uh, Also referred to as EM games. And they operate on a combination of some electronic circuitry and mechanical actions from the player to move items contained within the game's cabinet. Some of these were... Uh, early light gun games using light-sensitive sensors on targets uh, to register hits, and so on and so forth. So just almost video game, but still, like, electronical moving parts and stuff to simulate. But anyways...
1: I I feel like once electricity is involved in something, like, you know, I feel like at this point, we're pretty far from Ben Franklin. So, like, we don't appreciate, like, just how incredible electricity is. But, like, <laughs> yeah.
0: it, just take, like have you ever been electrocuted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it really sucks. It it, it, it yeah. When it's done and you're lucky enough to, like, p- pull your body away from whatever it is that's waking you up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when it's done, it's like... I never want that to happen again to me ever in my life. No, sir. Like, yeah, I never yeah. want that to happen again. Yeah, I, I feel like
1: <laughs> any game that involves electricity, like from that point on, is a higher stake. You know, even though it's not like perceived that I could be shocked by the game or anything, but you know,
0: I mean, you're playing with fire
1: right there. You're playing with lightning, son. I mean, oh,
0: you mean for the average person in the 1960s walking up to that for the first time?
1: Yeah, I, 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 certainly from that perspective, and you know, just. I kind of wanted to bring up the fact that I have been electrocuted as well <laughs> 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 like, on at least two occasions I can think of, one of which, like, I changed my first light bulb, like when I was a kid, I, I went and got a chair from the kitchen table, and I, like, took it into the bathroom, and, and I knew where the light bulbs were, this is probably when I was, I would say, eight, nine years old, and, like, I climbed up on that chair, and I, 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 um, I, there were two light bulbs, and one of them was kind of facing me. And I, and I, you know, I, I took the old one out, and I screwed that in there. And then uh, I kind of came in the other room to let my dad know it, and I said, you know, hey, I changed the, you know, I have changed my first light bulb, and he was like, yeah, well, congratulations, <laughs> you know, or whatever. So I go back in the bathroom, and and I kind of like I'm, I'm reaching to kind of find the hole for the second one, and like I just stick my finger in there, like like to right find in there, the, yeah, right in there, oh. and I, I yeah. jumped like the, the back, I was facing the back of the chair and I jumped the back of the chair without turning it over. <laughs> and oh, I can't it back. Out yeah. <laughs> <living>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's my dad like having beers and shit. You know, it's like the greatest day of his life. <laughs> He's,
2: like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you're all right. Yeah. He's like, did you get You'll shot? be all right. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that's
1: bad. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: My, electricity no joke
0: yeah no joke um i don't want to tell you about how i got shocked because you'll just totally like like, why in the hell did you do that (laughs) (laughs) I would you be on an electric fence (laughs) oh you know now that you dude (laughs) oh no i don't want to go down more rabbit holes we have we're talking about arcade games here (laughs) but um i just had some flashbacks Mm -hmm. of living in southern oregon all
1: about electricity there's a lot
0: of ranches up there with electric fences um, yep. so so yeah we've got electromechanical games kind of going up to the 1970s and, and these are all again just like the pinball machines these are all th- skee ball, carnival games, pinball, electromechanical games they, there are still um, units or cons- uh, I don't want to say consoles because I will get confused with game consoles but there's still units out there there's still places you can go to, to play these things yeah um, you know when it comes to skee-ball and you know those older incarnations of arcade games you know it's gonna get a little bit more difficult um, I think there's a place in New Hampshire it's the biggest arcade in the world um, I don't remember what the name of the town is in New Hampshire but I think it's called fun spot I saw that. saw you can yeah you can go there and they have a lot of these older incarnate they have a lot of pinball so you can there's places you can go and and that's what we were getting at. Like, if you have never experienced going to an arcade before, you got to do it. But anyways, yeah. so we get all that. And then it's really in the 1970s. I wasn't alive yet. Chuck T., I think you were... Just born. Were you... you were, Se- yeah? 71, yeah. You're, you are fresh? Yep. Yep. Um, uh, it was really in the 1970s when um, our, our friend, the legend of Atari, Nolan Bushnell... Uh, he's not actually our friend. I don't. He, I just said that. Um, he. I don't know how it happened. I don't know. I think what they had. They had some tech, and they said we need to take this technology and this and this. Like you were describing, Chuck. This successful um, arcade dynamic. I guess this 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 interface between cons- between the public and this game where they can walk up to it and interact with the game. They wanted to use their, their tech in some sort of a, a platform like that. And that's kind of where I think they had a couple of iterations. They tried two different coin-op games that didn't actually end up working before they released Pong in 1972, which became the first successful yeah. arcade proper you know, video game. Yeah. Is that kind of, I think that's that's kind of like. Maybe maybe one of those was like a single player Pong. uh, Maybe, and it it didn't sell. I saw something like that. And and then like. Yeah, I think one of them was called Computer Space. Yeah. The Atari Computer Space. And they sold, like they made a thousand units and weren't able to sell them all. And that was in 1971. In fact, let me uh, pull it up right here. It looks pretty futuristic, it? It's
1: got that that mid century modern vibe kind of thing going on
0: there, dude. It looks super like uh, Lost in Spacey, mm-hmm. super Star Trek the original series. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just might be sitting there next to you know Uhura's comms, or sp- like just sitting there next to Spock or something. <laughs> yeah. It could totally be there. Rest in peace, Uhura. We're gonna miss you. Uh, But, yeah, let me read this real quick, using a quick G-code. Arcade Video Games. It says, after two attempts to package mainframe computers running video games into a coin-operated arcade cabinet in 1971, which were Galaxy Game and Computer Space, Atari released Pong in 1972, the first successful arcade video game. The number of arcade game makers greatly increased over the next several years, including several of the companies that had been making EM games, which were those electromechanical ones we were talking about, mm-hmm. uh, such as Midway, Bali, Williams, Sega, and Taito. Um, and so that, the Pong was the first successful arcade video game in a cabinet. Did you ever play that thing? I don't remember it at a
1: cabinet but I feel like it has to be somewhere and if it was it was probably more like not so much at an arcade as it was like a bar or something or um yeah that would you know it must have been some random place I did play it at home you know I I think the last episode I mentioned I had a friend that you know had one of those early sets that only played pong but uh
0: yeah yeah so it looks like when they released this Pong thing and they they nailed it, I don't remember the guy's name. Was it Al Alcorn? Acorn? Alicorn? That sounds oh, gosh, right. It might be. It, it it's either him or it's another dude. And uh and I apologize if I'm if I'm not if I'm I'm not on the spot here with this, but uh I think Nolan Bushnell said, hey, we need to create the like we need to make this game, and he goes and creates Pong and at the time he says look this is what the product looks like he had like a final draft of the game you will if you will and it was just the two paddles going up and down and the ball going across the screen it was like a tennis type game and i guess the 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 programmer was like what do we do from here and nolan bushnell was like stop leave it right there it's perfect <laughs> two paddles and i think no it wasn't the first co-op game i don't th- was it the first co-op game i think the first co-op game was uh
1: shoot it's like this thing where you come in, in these spaceships and and you 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 take something away sort of uh like, like i remember the the footage about that kind of being like you know they i think
0: it was space invaders that was the first co-op or uh or asteroids i don't remember which one it was it's a space game and the
1: ships look a lot like the ships from galaga like like the, the actual ship that's called the galaga that picks you up and you know, can uh, you can shoot it down to get you know the double spaceship at the bottom? The ships kind of looked like that, and they were they were grabbing something from the middle. Uh, I, I think is is the way I remember kind of when I saw that gameplay. But they even did some market research. I think that that showed that that you know people enjoyed cooperating. Uh,
0: yeah, some, but what game was that? Was it Space Invaders or was space it Asteroids? In the
1: it's not either one of those. It's got space in the name, but it's not. It it, it oh, it's like it
0: was it was it was. Uh, I remember it was the game that was created by, um, gosh, my dad worked for a man. Cinematronics. Cinematronics. Yeah. Uh, and it was called, oh gosh, I don't remember. But that was the first co-op game. Yeah. And they did really well, even though you know uh, Cinematronics ended up, um, you know they didn't they didn't last forever. They ended up closing shop, but or got bought out by someone else. But yeah, gosh, I'm trying to remember what the name of that game was. <sighs> Anyways, it'll come to me. Yeah. it'll come to me. So yeah. I think uh, what, do you remember what the, the three games there were three games that really blasted off the, the arcade video game market into its, you know, into its uh, maximum. And I think the first one was, in fact, Space Invaders, which was released in 1978, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. That was kind of like their first game that was like really successful and that everyone was like, man, this arcade thing is, uh, you know, it's, it's a good market to get into. And then they had asteroids, Mm -hmm. which is the second game that really launched them. And then there was a third game that really just changed the whole scene for arcades. And it really brought in all types of people, young, older, uh, professionals, uh, mom's, Dad's, everyone, and that was Pac-Man, of course.
1: Yeah, you're dead on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think those are kind of the three, you know, pillars of of the beginnings of of the success of the arcade, and, and they got better at each one. Like I, I feel like it's a it's a close race for me between Asteroids and, and Space Invaders. I, I think Space Invaders is a little more complex. Um, Asteroids also ported really well to to home, like the home version. of Asteroids is almost identical to the arcade, in my opinion. Um, so yeah,
0: oh, I, I remember now. It was Space Invaders was the first game to bring in a high score dynamic where you could actually track your score, and then it was um, what was what Asteroid bought, brought to the to the game was uh, like they had, they they had made. They advanced on that, on keeping score, and I think it was a two-player game or something like that. I don't remember, but there was something that each one of those brought to the table that really changed everything. Do you have, do you remember anything about that? I, I do remember the significance
1: of the score. Like, that's something I think about, um, you know, it's kind of like your video game clout, you know, without the internet to kind of share that with, but uh, as far as the other parts of that, I don't, uh, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think of, I, I don't know that I put asteroids in that list for myself. I think of of space invaders, Pac Man, and then I, I think we should, you know, if I was going to pick that, I would pick something from the later days, like you know maybe even that Dance Dance Revolution or something. That that. Uh,
0: oh man, that thing was yeah. Oh geez, that was later on, and we're going to come to that, uh, to that time that time frame when those were everywhere and people were
1: yeah and i think another turn was like at some point sega started doing things like super hang on and and games that were more of an immersive experience like like where you actually sat down in a car or you sat on top of a motorcycle and you know they really went that direction for a little bit i feel like that you you know there's there's the my, yeah, yeah. As we go through history or whatever, I think those are like like right up there with those milestones. You know, I think of the early games, even.
0: Yep, so. So as as technology moved from transistor, uh, transistor logic, integrated circuits to microprocessors, which we saw with those MOS chips. Right, We've talked about the Moss Chips in our Intellivision episode, in our Atari episode. A new wave of arcade video games arose, starting with Taito's Space Invaders in 1978 and leading to a golden age of arcade games that included Pac-Man by Namco in 1980, Missile Command by Atari in 1980, Donkey Kong by Nintendo in 1981. Um, The golden age waned in 1983 due to an excess number of arcade games. Uh, the, The growing draw of home video game consoles and computers... And a moral panic on the impact of video games, on arcade video games, on the youth. The arcade industry was also partially impacted by the video game crash of 1983. Um, And again, I'm pulling from uh, from online from the wiki on uh, on this on arcade video games. So (laughs) there was the 1983 crash. We've talked about that before. The growing draw of home video game consoles and computers. There was certainly that battlefront because they were just the really the only thing that was holding the consoles back against the arcades was were those graphics
1: yeah and did uh, I, I wonder what caused that exactly like is it the extra room in the cabinet or, or not being having to, to keep the price down you know for each individual unit I, I, I wonder how that that
0: you mentioned a, a huge thing and and this starts to become more prominent in the 90s. We'll see it more. But what, what starts to occur is that the video game console tech gets better and, it, and become, and you know, they really dump, I think they dump a lot of, of creativeness into that and effort because they realize that like, hey, if we can give something to a kid where he doesn't have to be, or a family, a mom and a dad where their kid isn't dumping quarters into this thing and they can get it once. And then we can just, like we talked about in the Atari episode, we can just create cartridges to you know so they keep coming back and buying those i think there was a lot of um a lot of vision there and then on the other side of that uh the arcade games they were also getting better and there was a lot of controversy around the you know on whether they were a bad influence for kids or not and i think it got to a point where i'm trying to find the best way to describe this but Basically, it costs a lot for them to buy one of the machines, and then for the machine to pay itself off, they needed to have a certain amount of kids or people, ultimately, dumping coins into that machine for it to pay itself off, and then it can become, turn a profit. So it got to a point where the technology was moving so fast, and the games were just coming out so quickly and getting so good and, so, uh, and better and better and better. We know how technology advances now. And how fast it gets better, I think that these uh the people that were purchasing these these cabinets, these units or arcade games uh, it got to a point where the market was so saturated that they just weren't able to pay them off and then turn a profit. Oh, I see you see what I'm saying, so like like you know and it's, and, it, and it, because like you just mentioned, like boom, I got an Atari now at my home, I just got a twenty six hundred yeah, you know um. I, where maybe I would have gone to the arcade four times a week. I'm only going to go there twice now with my friends on the weekend. <laughs> so, you know, so that 50 quarters or 60 quarters or 70 quarters that I may have dumped in over the week. Now it's just 20 quarters. And I think that slowly, you know, especially in places where they're really depending on these machines back in the eighties, nineties. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can see how it, the table started to turn
1: yeah it, ultimately it's a better investment because you know i i think if if you really if all of us had hung on to every one of those cartridges that you know if you save those quarters that you're going to put in the arcade and bought that cartridge and then kept it into 2022 <laughs> you know <laughs> it would be but, worth but you know hundreds yeah. of dollars at this point <clears throat>
0: but like think about this though too like as a little kid like you get the cartridge are you not going to get just as bored with that cartridge as fast as you got just as bored with the cabinet machine
1: absolutely <laughs> you know
0: so, except that cartridge isn't one quarter <laughs> back then or, or these days
1: yeah yeah that's something to think about it did, did you see some of the wild examples of sort of once they were into this glutton type period like where these games started showing up uh
0: like, oh, I saw some funny games, man. There was one I saw called Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> what was and it's just was like? like, dude, it's just like this ripped dude. He's just super ripped, just a uh, side scroller, just walking forward, kind of like. Remember that uh, Ninja Turtles game? Oh, yeah. the, in fact, there was recently they re-released a Ninja Turtles game. Yeah, where it's a kind of like that, a side scroller. And the guy's ripped, dude. And there's just these frickin' dinosaurs just jumping out all over the screen. And you just got to, like, punch them out and stuff. <laughs> You're just beating dinosaur ass at <laughs> the game, dude. You know? And it, and, and, and it was precisely, I think it was these kinds of beat-em-up <clears throat> games that brought back the arcade. Uh, it re-injected life into the arcade uh, industry right around there in the mid-'90s when it was starting to wane a little bit. Because there were so many games hitting the market, they were all kind of the same. Yeah, what did Um, you see
1: too? Like where they like like they even like had them at funeral homes and grocery stores and and. You know, just they they were everywhere at, at some point. And, and, you know, I think that like like I thought about the funeral home,
0: like what on earth? <laughs> I know, man. Whose idea was that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But Should we put in Mr. Pac-Man or Mrs. Pac-Man? <laughs> it's like, man, this line's pretty long. I think I'm going to knock out a
1: couple rounds of Pac-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know him that well.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. That's bad. <laughs> like, like, earlier, I was thinking when you were talking about that, you know, the value of that quarter is such. Like, like have you ever walked away from a machine that you had a, a man left on? Like, like I, I feel like I remember times like my mom probably showed up at the arcade and it was time to go. And, like, you know, I think she probably was even pulling on the back of my jacket or something. And I'm like, no, yeah. I've got, it. I've got one more man. Ah! <laughs> Can't you see
0: the heart on the left of the screen? <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you don't you don't leave a pinball machine with a ball, like, and you don't leave. I the can just
0: w- see you, man. Like, <laughs>
1: mom, you don't
0: understand.
1: I'm upstairs.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I put a quarter in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Up. Uh, uh, reading on. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the arcade. There was a video game crash in 1983, right? And we've talked about this in many episodes. Basically, there was just too much out there, not enough people playing them, oversaturated crash. Mm. Okay, we got it. The arcade market kind of came around and recovered by 1986 with the help of software conversion kits, the arrival of popular beat-em-up games such as Kung Fu Master and Renegade. I've heard a lot of people talk about that Renegade game. And uh, in advanced motion simulator games, such as Sega's Taiken games, including Hang-On, Space Harrier, and OutRun. Those, my friend, are the games you were talking about. Mm -hmm. They have kind of like hydraulic movement, you know? And I think the the mastermind behind all that, under Sega's umbrella, was a guy named Yu Suzuki. Oh, yeah. So Yu Suzuki, um, you know... uh, he he it works with Sega. He's a game designer, producer, programmer, and engineer. And he headed Sega's AM2 uh, division. And he's, you know, all about the motion simulator arcade cabinet games, such as, you know, the games I just read, OutRun, Afterburner, Space Harrier, Hang On. And he also did a lot of work in pioneering polygonal 3D games, such as Virtua Racing and Virtua Fighter. All of those games right there, man, uh, when I read their names, they just... Like, so many flashbacks of my childhood.
1: Well, they were the ones that cost 50 cents. You know, that was the <laughs> real... I mean, we just talked about what it was like to put a quarter on the line. I mean,
0: it was 50 cents. And and they it could end fast. Like, you wrecked that motorcycle in a heartbeat. Dude. Oh, man. 50 cents for Hang-On, OutRun, and Afterburner. If you wanted to get into those friggin' 3D Polygon, Sprite, you know, whatever the hells, that was 75 cents to a dollar. Yeah. You were, I mean... Well, you know that's when you live north of the tracks or whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to be honest uh, with you, I, I have to say, little Chuck Tomahawk, I'd, I I always kind of shied away from the super hang on because I was a pretty good sized little kid and like, you know, I, I always had this fear that it wasn't built for me. Like, like you know, it, it didn't advertise a weight limit, but you know there is one. Like. <laughs> you know
0: <what> <laughs> You didn't want to get on the little crotch rocket and rip it
1: off there or something, you know, just jacked up like like kids be talking about that from now on, no, sir. No, no, yeah. I I I, I like the car one. You know, that was more my, my gig. Like like I remember the steering wheel kind of fought you back. Like when you would be wrecking. Oh yeah. You know, the steering Dude, wheel was it'd break
0: your pinky <laughs> if you didn't um you know, yeah. if you hit the oh, yeah. if you hit the side of the road and didn't
1: you had to go thumbs up on the, the, the thing. You didn't put your thumbs under or you were going to die, like, pretty much. So that <laughs> <laughs> you only you did that once. There, your thumbs are all jacked up. Mom,
0: can you carry my tickets? <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> I'm not trying to drop them. Yeah, We got to talk about yeah. the tickets, too, man. That was a huge part of, at least for me, being a little kid going to the arcade uh, the tickets and and ex- ticket swaps and exchanges for for prizes and rewards we got to touch on that too but uh oh. let me finish off this quick paragraph they were finessing um, us on
1: that we got <laughs> it
0: was uh it was the growth of of home video game systems such as the nintendo entertainment system that led to another a brief arcade decline towards the end of the 1980s i think the uh I think the Nintendo was released in 83 or 84, if I remember the original yeah. NES. Yeah. Yeah. And That's then a fighting games like Street Fighter II in 1991 and Mortal Kombat in 1992 also helped to revive the industry in the early 1990s for you know arcade games, uh, leading to a, a renaissance, uh, precisely, of, of the arcade industry. Um 3D graphics were popularized in arcades during the early 1990s with games such as Sega's Virtual Racing and Virtual Fighter which we mentioned earlier. Um, and so on and so forth. Uh you know, but the capabilities of home consoles continued to improve, computers uh and you know, they got better and better at mimicking arcade video games during the, this time and and they started to draw more crowds, you know, than than the arcades. Like more people were buying Consoles at this uh, at that point, it seemed like. And I think it was towards the late 90s where the balance tipped mm-hmm. in terms of... If, if, if we look at the gaming industry and we split it into two, arcade games, console games, um, there was a balance there. And it, uh, the arcade games were always superior, making more money. I mean, we mentioned earlier that in 1981, it was an $8 billion industry. You know, I think they were... Uh, I don't, you know, there were some other interesting, like, numerical factoids there that really, like, open up your eyes. I think one of them was that, uh, and, and don't quote me on this, but in one of those years, 80, 81, 82, something like that, or maybe it was 81 and 82, but, like, kids had dumped, like, what was the equivalent of 75,000 years of time into arcade games in, like, in (laughs) two years. Did you see that? Like, uh, I I saw that and I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, how does that work? Like, I kind of wanted to, like, understand, break that down, but let's just take it at face value and and say, you know, just for for shits and giggles and just, like, suspect that that's accurate. Wow. Yeah. Uh, So there was a tipping point right around there in the late 90s where consoles took the lead in terms of just, you know how much money they were making they were getting the larger share consoles
1: yeah and honestly i feel like my own life sort of mirrored that just you know by by the my personal timing as as i you know in the 90s I, i was graduating high school and um you know going on to college and and there was a brief time period there you know maybe i didn't do video games as much um you know maybe right when i was right getting out of high school i think there was a time period there i was too cool for anything you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're a cool dude, Chuck T. <laughs> you know, we would just ride like like instead of going to the arcade. Once we had our own set of wheels, we just drove around town constantly, like in a circle, essentially, like trying to be seen <laughs> oh, yeah. cruising. Yeah. town yeah. I
0: used to do that too. Yeah, yeah. you just pick up your friends, and be like, "What's up? You want us to drive around?" Yeah, and, and down here we would call it uh, we call it uh in Spanish, dar la vuelta. <laughs> Which How's is to, to do the loop. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Dar la yeah. vuelta is like to do the loop. Vamos a dar la vuelta. Let's go do the loop. <laughs> Just waste yeah. some gas yeah. and nothing looking at the sidewalk. Well, there were two large like supermarket parking lots on
1: either end of town. And, and you know, so eventually you would park there and, and, you know, different groups of friends would gather. And it, it was, it was. Park there. It was the, it was what you did. I mean, it was the deal. And like, it was like, we were too cool to be inside at the arcade. It it, it, it it did move to a new location and had like a big restaurant beside it. And, and, you know, that was part of the, the same ownership, but, uh, yeah, I guess I was too cool for video games. But once we got to college, uh, you know, at the dorm room, we got tons of time to, you know, that has to yeah. be killed. And I think yeah. it came back into favor at that point.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, up, up until about 1996, arcade video games had remained the largest sector of the global video game industry before arcades declined in the late 1990s, with the console market surpassing arcade video games for the first time around 1997-1998. Arcade video games declined in the Western world during the 2000s, with most arcades serving highly specialized experiences that cannot be replicated in the home, including lines of pinball and other arcade games, coupled with other entertainment options such as restaurants or bars. I mean, they had to do these extras as like a way to survive. That's how fast the arcade industry was dying. Mm-hmm. Like if we don't if we don't create extremely specialized experiences that these kids cannot experience on their home consoles, we're going to completely lose this thing. Yeah. So like they're like, "You know what? Let's make it pure pinball and add in a bar and a restaurant." Or you know what? Let's 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 primarily focus on top-notch Barber cuts and and haircuts and 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 like a salon type thing, and we'll throw a couple of machines in the corner, mm-hmm. just for fun. You know, it's very it's 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 not about arcades anymore, really, except for in these very unique places where they still have uh, arcades, like in New Hampshire.
1: Yeah, where they're almost creating um, a retro a '80s retro experience, experience
0: yeah. which is dope. I'm all about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. It says here, uh, arcade video games, uh, declined in the yeah in the, uh, highly specialized experience that cannot be replicated at home, including lines of pinball. Yep. Among newer arcade video games include, uh, dance dance revolution that requires specialized equipment as well as games incorporating motion simulation or virtual reality. Arcade games had remained popular in Asian regions until around the late 2010s as popularity began to wane. When once a uh, when once there were about twenty six thousand arcades in Japan around nineteen eighty six, there were only about four thousand arcades in two thousand nineteen. Wow, twenty two thousand arcades less. Uh, the COVID nineteen pandemic, of course, uh, nineteen uh, in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, also drastically hit the arcade industry. Yeah, it's but, a you know, bad Japan, fit
1: for that. You know, having to touch that joystick. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it, well, like game over,
0: literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the arcade history right there. You know, um, there's lots of different types of arcade games. Because if we look at arcade games as, a, as an umbrella term, we've got you know carnival games, electromechanical games, merchandiser games, pachinko, photo booths, pinball machines, slot machines, sports games, redemption games. But when we talk about arcade video games, we're talking about 1971 to about the end of the 90s. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. And what a time. What a time. I couldn't... I don't think I could find the words to describe the feelings of going to these places where they had arcade video games. Um, each one of them created its own... Uh, its own combination of feelings. Like, for example... Something I used to love was going to see Grandma. I'd go to see Grandma. Uh, this is Grandma on Mother's side. Same with Grandma on Pop's side. Similar experiences. But something that stands out is we. I'd go visit her, and she lives in, like, small town, southern Oregon. And uh, and there's this ice cream joint there. <laughs> Shy's Cafe. <laughs> it's, dude, it's just like... You know, now living in Mexico and stuff, I go back there and I see this place and it's still there, man. I can't (laughs) believe it's still like we're in so many other places in this little town have uh, closed or changed or, you know, whatever. This place is still there. And like in the back part of that cafe and ice cream shop where all the young kids go and the teens of the town, you know, after floating the river all day, they want to go to Shai's Cafe and get a cold, you know, vanilla ice cream and play those video games in the back room. Heck yeah. And that was something that I just, ah, oh, I remember it so well, <laughs> you know, and there'd always be a couple of cute girls there, you know, <laughs> hanging out with their families and you just stand there playing the Pac-Man. I think they had a, uh, I don't remember what they had, but, um, I remember the video games at other places, but I don't remember the games at, at that cafe, but I remember it well uh-huh. going there and playing those arcade games. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm
1: yeah i i i i i think it's it it's like um it's almost something as a kid that that is is like a little world that you have you know that's that's yours and when you step into those those machines like it's almost you know it, it kind of makes you forget everything else for just you know a few minutes like it, it is i think why that that those experiences got you know kind of cemented in our memories like that uh
0: do you yeah. have any uh, arcade games that you remember just dumping hours into and tons and tons of coins? Because I can name three of them right now. For me, <laughs> I, I you know
1: I I, I think for me I, I can't necessarily you know I remember having pretty much a roll of quarters and I would distribute it amongst a amongst a number of games. So so you know the, no one game stands out you know exactly other than like like a little bit later in the, the the progression there late 80s early 90s i think when gauntlet came out and you had this situation like where you would be playing with four different people and you would die and they would be continuing and you could put a quarter in to continue and yeah boy howdy did that thing eat quarters like because You know, I mean,
0: (laughs) yeah, and you can't, you can't just like let your other teammates continue the fight without you. If you lose, you got to go find another quarter. Yeah, 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 and I mean, and it's like like, you. like your buddy looks it's, at you when he's still fighting the enemy, like you better fucking go find another quarter, motherfucker. Well,
1: and there's a countdown. We're fighting like, this like Twenty five seconds or something. Like, oh, let, that's right. Yeah, I it's forgot like a, about it's that. It's prompting you, like, you know, like no, there's know. a bomb is going to go.
0: <laughs> seven, <laughs> Six. Yeah, especially on those Mortal Kombat games, yeah. man. The big letters, the big numbers would come up on the screen. Yeah, and five, so you're like fishing four. through your
1: pockets. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, it's also a legendary time
1: to hit up your buddy that's playing. Like, you know, it's like, hey, you got another quarter. <laughs> I don't have change. <laughs> like, hey, it's your older brother up there. But, uh, yeah, that thing ate quarters for sure. And, and it, it was genius for them because right. it, four people were playing. Um, You, you know, I, I mean, it, it, it took up a good bit of space, but, you know, they had the potential to bring yeah. in more money. Because I, I think that's one of the things that was kind of – like even when we go to the arcades today, I would say even that place, um, you know, that we were talking about, that the, the, what was it, New Hampshire, where it was at? Yeah, I think it's called Fun Spot. They probably exp- they they probably use quarters still to this day. Like it's they do. It's man, a limiting that, the factor only, of sorts, isn't it? Like
0: it is because because. Uh, It takes out the, the, uh, it kind of like takes out the leisure part of video game playing. Like when, like when we're playing ARC, like I can just kind of just plop myself down there and, and there's a, there's a element of anxiety of, 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 of challenge that's removed by me knowing that I can just hit start again. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I'm not. Nothing's gonna be taken away from me. Uh, I, uh, I can complete this challenge later if I want to. Mm-hmm. But if I have one quarter or ten quarters, I can't just come back and complete this challenge when I want to. I have to put. I have to give it all with every quarter, <laughs> so that I can so that I can maximize this amount of time in this place because either. Either I'm gonna I'm either I'm gonna get the most out of my time there, and get to play as many games possible, and, and stretch it out, and hope, and maybe win a lot of tickets, because uh, we haven't talked we haven't touched on that yet, the how the large arcades would have a ticket system, mm-hmm. but anyways, you know what I really wanted to avoid was mom showing up, uh, or excuse me, uh, me running out of quarters way before mom would show up to pick me up. Amen, brother. Amen. Can you speak to that? (laughs) Well, I think one of the things
1: that says the most about that – is like if you go back and watch these this retro footage of these arcades, is the stance that someone is standing when they're at these games. Like, because you, you <laughs> see that guy that's not worried, the guy that has plenty of. Quarters. Oh, you
0: mean the actual, like, the way a person physically stands the before body the cabinet? Language, yeah. You know, because okay. you see the guy
1: that's like, you know, like he's, he's, he's played Pac Man so much, like those first levels, like he's not even having to try. Like, he might even be, you know, having a candy bar or a drink or yeah, you know, yeah. hugging on his girlfriend while he hey, <laughs> Check this out. Baby, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but see that, and then, then, like, you know, it's, it's like panning around the room. You see this one guy, it's like squared up on it, and he's gotten a little bit lower, and he's on the buttons. A <laughs> like, oh, boss fight. Like, oh, like when you put your boss fight, <laughs> <laughs>
2: like,
1: that's so
0: true. You know, man. You, that used to happen to me yeah. when I'd play metal, uh, metal Slug. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Awesome arcade game. Yeah, thing. like if the crowd gets one. in on you, you
1: gotta back them off a little bit. Like, you're like, all right, kids, get the like, hey, man, elbow room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This it's is the special. last
0: level. Elbow room. Defender
1: run, had back. like seven buttons, and, and you could have that sidler kid that wanted to come and mess with them buttons. Like, because you didn't use them all all the time. Like, part of them were for like when you rescued those little guys and stuff. And yeah, you'd have that random kid that wanted to
0: come up there and tap on them buttons. I heard that Defender really, like, changed the the scene for a lot of gamers back in the day because, like, you know, the younger kids, teenagers, and let's call it young 20s, um, you know, they're all playing video games. But Defender came out, and it, I guess it was kind of like, from what I understand, it was like, oh, well, this game's actually for the older crowd it's for mature gamers it's, it's not for little kids you know it's not a two-button game it's a seven-button game a seven-button game yeah. you know what i mean like amen <laughs> hey and it ported the super case?
1: well to 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 the home like like the graphics really went well at the home but yeah it, it had this feature to it where there were there were like it was a space invasion and you were trying to protect this, these citizens and you had to rescue them. And I can't remember what all those buttons did exactly, but, and I'm sure I probably didn't know, like I, I probably had some idea and and like it was on the machine or something, but you know, I'm sure there were ins and outs that, you know, even I didn't know, but, but yeah, I I found myself like really fascinated by people's body language and how, you know, just, even the people watching and and, and all that yeah. kind of goes down, you know, and, and like older <laughs> brothers and younger brothers kind of interacting there. You know, it's like it's, it's the older brother. You got to remind your younger brother, like, you know, don't spend
0: all that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm not going to give you any of my quarters. You know, if every quarter counts, man. Every quarter yeah. counts. And, and you only get... A number of, uh, you know, you can only play the more expensive games a number of times, and it all really falls down. It's it's like a whole environment of economics in the arcade, man. Like, each kid ha- has his own economic environment going on where he has to make really <laughs> tough choices yeah. on how to divide the funds between reward games, where which were these games in arcades where you could go in and uh, there's like a whole section of the arcade um, where there's basically a person there with all these cabinets and and rewards and stuff stuff that you can win <laughs> with tickets that you get from these game these arcade games so for example um this isn't a a proper arcade video game but like if you go to an, an arcade they'll probably have these um i guess what are they called? It's the what the the balls, John. You roll a ball up the ramp and it launches into the little hole. Ski ball. Is it ski ball? Is that it? Ski, ski. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think so. Anyways, yeah. like so, you'll play that, and if you get you know if you get good shots, a bunch of tickets will come out of the machine, and you pull the tickets out, and you just start collecting those tickets. Mm-hmm. You take the tickets to the counter. Then how many tickets did you get? And then they'll give you like you know a range of prizes that you can take home with you. Mm-hmm. So, getting back to it, you'd have to look at all your quarters and be like, "Okay, I got one roll of quarters here or I got you know I got twenty, I got thirty, I got forty quarters, whatever it may be, <laughs> you know uh it really just depends on how you know what kind of a mood your parents were in that day or that weekend <laughs> uh depending on how many quarters you get, and you'd have to choose like how do I want to play?" traditional beat 'em up or do i want to play old-school classic uh game do i want to do tickets for rewards or do yeah. i want to just get a couple of rounds in with a really expensive game and get the full immersive experience yeah and um and if we if we talk about oh man and this is where the whole idea for this episode came if we talk about the classic mall shopping mall arcade mm <laughs> This usually was a very, very large space where you would walk in, and it was just instant visual overload. Casino atmosphere almost. Just just like, ching, ching, ching. what? <laughs> Especially if you're anywhere from five to maybe 17, five <laughs> years old to 17 years old, you're just like sucked right in. Yeah. Yeah. And, and
1: yeah, yeah, you know, especially as a kid, because you probably were still with your parents, and you'd had to go through a bunch of school clothes shopping and stuff that you didn't want to do. And now this <laughs> oh, is dude, like, you're, you're is, so yeah, right. This is your time, yeah. baby. Like, you know, yeah, you're so right, man.
0: Gosh, that's oh, I miss that so much. Yeah, I could turn back my hands of time.
1: Yeah, and God bless my you parents. Know, shopping really, malls aren't even. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know maybe even like like that would be the time that my mom would be checking out something she wanted to check out and she was like, you know, you go in here for a little while or or whatever. It was you know, reasonably safe to leave your kid in there, you know, I felt like and and back in those days and uh yeah. Yeah. Freaking Gosh,
0: what a what a amazing time. I mean, and and you know you can st- kids these days can still experience that. I just don't think it would be the same because uh you know the the places where you can go to have your arcade experience. It, certainly, the the mall arcade experience it's few and far between. Like I don't I don't know how many because even malls, you know, just the 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 figure of the mall is dying. You know, like yeah. the mall in my my town up in Oregon uh, where I used to live. I mean, I really think soon that place is going to get changed turned into something else. You know, that's that's it's not the, the mall. It's not the mall that I remember from my, you you know, when I was a little kid, going there just super excited, because going to the mall meant a couple of things. It meant some new threads, you know, a couple new t-shirts, maybe a couple, some shorts, maybe some... So a couple of no fear shirts, some Bugle Boy shorts. You know what I mean? Remember those old brands yeah, back in the day? Dude? Absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, some get go shirts or something like OP that.
1: was uh, the thing. OP, day. Ocean
0: Pacific. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you know? So it meant it meant going to J C Penny or something like that. And it it meant going to that awesome food court where you could only get, you know, yummy, oh, geez, super man. unhealthy. Huh. Uh, just the best food ever, you know, as a little kid. Mm. Um, And, and it meant going to the arcade. Amen. And, and, and it meant, uh, you know, I'm having, you sent a clip from the movie Fast Times uh, at Ridgemont (laughs) High. It's that dude. It's, it's, it's just like that. You know, it's, it's a place where we used to go as kids or as young teens where man, it was happening. Everything was happening at the mall, man. That's where you wanted to be. And, and the arcade was a part of that because when you weren't, you know, kind of just like chasing the cute girls in the mall that were walking around, or going to get uh, uh food court food, or checking out the, the the skate shop, or whatever. We were in the arcade.
1: Yeah, I I, I think at, at our mall they did have that that section where you could win things, and and there were only really a few machines that that had the ability to to produce the tickets. I want to say it was more like the claw machine. And um, there was some other like a wheel type spit thing that you spun. I think that that somehow you you know determined what you got. But dude, I I feel like they were finessing us a little bit on that whole thing because there would be this display case that would get your. It was right about kid height, and it would oh right as you walk in. Yeah, it would have like I think I remember maybe even like a Game Boy or something being in there, and and you know like some headset like like Walkman type thing, and um you know the sony walkman that, like there was this yellow version that was like the the sports one or whatever i remember seeing it in yeah there. And yeah it, and, and it, you'd,
0: you'd see it and be like this is 150 dollars at the radio shack yeah. over there
1: but behind them they had this shelf and it had like some stuffed animals and a bunch of lesser prizes that would you know once once you <laughs> rolled it like you would get this wad of tickets and you would think like oh yeah this is this is like oh, walkman yeah. for sure and like <laughs> And you hand it to him, and the guy turns around. And it's like you can get anything you want from the ruler,
0: <laughs> from over that here. that nice plastic ruler right there,
1: over here to the paper clips. You know, the <laughs> paper clips, <laughs> you know.
0: Say, sir. But sir, that, that it's yeah. five hundred tickets. <laughs> Five hundred tickets.
1: Yeah, like yeah, and, you, yes and you'll sir. and you'll
0: do a double take of the of the of the Walkman or of the whatever the Game Boy, <laughs> yeah. and it'll say some ridiculous number like one point five million. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, ten thousand tickets, fifteen thousand tickets. So yeah,
1: it it never went the way you thought. You know, you never saw anybody walk out of there with that thing, that Walkman
0: <laughs> for sure. No, but, uh, I, I'm interested. No, to, I. Re- I remember walking out of there with, uh, with like tops for my erasers on my pencils. Mm-hmm. I remember walking out of there with, uh, with instant tattoos, you know, that last a couple of days. <laughs> <Your> parents <laughs> got to love that. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. My folks were all right with that. I didn't mind that too much. Yeah. Um, but man, I'm trying to think of other stuff that really just, you there know. Were stuffed animals for sure. Like cheap really cheap stuff tons and, of stuffed animals and back in
1: the the 80s like like there was this time period where there must have been some movie about like the tour de france or or some kind of bicycle race and so all these bicycle caps were really popular and um, yeah you know
0: uh the the ones the, the arcade games that that really the arcade video games rather that really stood out to me were the ones that you could get inside of you know, which are a lot of these Sega ones. For example, uh, you know, there was one, there was the, the motorcycle one where you could sit on the motorcycle and it would go, you know, it would lean. It would yeah. lean left and lean right. And as you leaned on it, uh, and you know, you could rev it, the hand thing, and it would, it would it's great simulation of a motorcycle races. Yeah. Um, there were also racing ones where you could get inside the cabinet and there was a steering wheel and a massive screen. Um, I think, in fact, at that Fun Spot Arcade up in New Hampshire, which again is the unless something's changed, it's the largest arcade in the world. Check it out if that's near you. It's not near me, unfortunately. Otherwise, I'd I'd probably spend a lot of time in there, to be honest. Be <laughs> you know, check out for sure. You know, just between you and myself, Chuck. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, oh shit, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Ah, dang it. Oh, uh, okay, so. Yeah, you could get inside it, and there, you know, there were also ones like with Jurassic Park. Um, there were lots of zombie games where you could have rifles and guns, and you just like House of House of Terror or House of Horror or something like that was one one of those games. I remember, I the, remember the
1: Paperboy game that had you know the actual bike, you know, st- handlebars. Oh thing. no shit! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Was a lesser, you know, kind of enhancement, but it it went a long way for me. I, I really enjoyed that part of Paperboy. Paperboy was fun for me, but difficult. Very difficult. It was a challenging game, especially at the end there. And, and as you got through the levels, it got it got worse and worse. You know, the bees and the <laughs> remote control cars and the whole scene, but. Oh,
0: that was a great game, man! Really good game. See, see, I knew there were games that would come back to you that uh, stood out from the arcade. For me, the the number one game I mentioned it already is any of the metal slug games. Those games were huge for me. They were so much fun. I would just dump quarters into that. And even when I moved to Mexico as a little kid, they had a you know when I'd go to the tortilleria to get tortillas for breakfast. uh, I think, and this is the experience of any little kid a uh, Mex- little Mexican kid, you know, and especially in small town Mexico, like the papas, would they send you to the store to get tortillas and inevitably, man, you'd end up getting like, you know, you get the tortillas and then with the rest of the pesos, you just start dumping them into the <laughs> arcade games that they have here. <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I was a little kid here, uh, down here in Mexico where I live, uh, I mean, not anymore, there's not a single arcade game here anymore, but right across the street from the primaria, which was the elementary school I went to, there was a a store and they had three or four cabinets in there and we were talking and and it, and it happens to be the three games that are burned into my memory. Uh It was metal slug street fighter two. And then I think it was Marvel versus Capcom. Okay. Yeah. Uh, man. And you know, uh, one of, you know, metal slug of course is a side scrolling shooter. And then the other two are, are beat em ups. But, Man, so much fun on those games. It's like the Metal Slug, what what's burned into my memory about that was just how well it flowed and the voice of the there's like a voice actor that whenever you picked up a, a new gun, his voice would come out loud and clear. So there'd be all this action, just like
2: <laughs> And then you'd
0: pick up a new gun and it'd be like Heavy machine gun. flame, Flamethrower. Then you like save a dude and you'd be like, thank you. So just like a, a really like unique sound profile that burned that game into my memory. Yeah. Love it. To date. I could play it anytime. Street Fighter 2 speaks for itself. Yeah. That game, that game, you know, blew up. And then uh, Marvel vs. Capcom, I think it was, or Street Fighter. I don't remember. It was. I think it was Marvel vs. Capcom, which was where like all the superheroes would fight against like the X Men, and so on and so forth. Man, that game was so much fun cuz that was the game that me and my little buddies would go across the street from the school and we'd both go in there and start dumping pesos and just going at each other. Just that was one of those games where you'd take the joystick and just do 360s on it and you're hitting the buttons <laughs> just going come on, come on, come on. You know just yeah,
1: just cranking on it
0: until like to learn
1: to play. And just smash buttons,
2: dude. You know, just yeah. I don't want to bang on the
0: table, but I'm getting excited over here, mm-hmm. and it almost makes me want to just go drive to the closest arcade. Ah, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> no. it's not gonna happen.
1: You know, I, I definitely have them. Like, 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 you know, maybe I misunderstood your question a little bit earlier. I, I was, I was focusing on games that that like ate my quarters up, but, but as far as ones that are like, like, you know, hammered into my memory, it, it's definitely those. Like like we mentioned, like the 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 better games that cost more money, like like for some reason I remember those, you know more than anything. But I, I think just like your daily driver, you know, like my go to or whatever. I I was right there in the eighties with the sort of that um, you know I think of Tempest was was a game that I, that I played a whole ton. There were like Frogger, Donkey Kong, and Pac Man were all in, in this arcade, so they were like the standard ones that you you know you kind of your meat and potatoes kind of feeling. Yeah. You know, and and then we would go, the classics. Dragon's Lair was the biggest, like, like it was a laser disc game that was at our arcade. And it, this is in our, our, our hometown arcade. And yeah, I don't know if you, if you've saw any of these games, like, like like it's, it's kind of a different sort of thing. It's not like you're fully in control of your character at all times. It's kind of like you walk into a scene almost from a movie or cartoon and, and if you you push the right direction at that time at the right time it'll show a certain movie and if you don't it'll show another movie and it, and it's kind it Sounds
0: boring of, as fuck. Man. It is
1: a bit, but it also <laughs> like it's very complicated and it's very visually stimulating too like you kind of are in a cartoon but yeah it's it's it loses something for sure.
0: Yeah. It sounds like there's slow gameplay. Yeah. And kind of slow no, gameplay.
1: I think I sent you some information about it at our, our mall arcade. They had like the, 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 the sequel from the same people that made Dragon's Lair. They made a game called Time Traveler. And it was like a
0: hologram. I did see that. Yeah. And it was right. supposed to
1: be the future of video games. And it was, I want to say, a dollar to play. And... It was it was kind of the same sort of situation almost, you know. It, it 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 still had that 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 was how it worked. Like if you picked the right thing, it showed a certain series of things, and if you didn't, it, it showed something else. And uh, yeah, that just wasn't that exciting. But uh, you know, I remember being really good at Donkey Kong. Like, like it was probably like my claim to fame as far as um, you know where I you know my you know skills showed themselves. You know, and got that all important like putting your name in the. You know the your initials in there by the high scores, like you know. I remember those moments for sure. Um,
0: Dang man, I'm trying to. Dragon's Lair, is that what you were talking about? Dragon's Lair and Time Travelers, like the dude label. that was released by Cinematronics it's a different the, the, kind of the, game it was supposed yeah, to sort yeah the company of, that my pops worked with back it, in the day and
1: you have to realize that we were in that age like where we video like VHS and beta were, were the tapes and you were starting to see laser disc players and that was this record size CD of sorts that um, you know were the highest tech of the time and that's what was in these machines
0: yeah Dragon's Lair was released in 1983 on laser disc I'm trying to I think the na- I think the name of the game that they released when my pops was working with them was Space Wars. But that was from 1977. Huh. It's all good. Anyways,
1: yeah, it's definitely an interesting story and and you know, I- I, I think it would be interesting for you to kind of explain, like, like what was it like at the mall arcade? Like, like what was the the money that in Mexico that went into the the machine? Like, which coin? Like peso. So
0: it's way cheaper, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, way cheaper, man. way cheaper. Wow! <laughs> How did they? Yeah, afford- I mean, back then. Well, but this is back in the nineties. So the exchange. You know, rate- this would have been the late nineties. This would have been the mid late nineties. You know, Mexico. I think the back then that was like. Ten or eleven pesos to the dollar. So it was about ten cents, right? Like is what that was costing you. Uh yeah. It, uh, yeah, back then, around yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a deal, man. <laughs> Dude, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and the like, you're making it rain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like the bigger
1: um the bigger machines, like like were were they like four pesos or, or how did they
0: well there weren't any. You know? Like there were just those three or four. Now, but when we would go to the bigger city, uh, either of the larger cities that are close to us, um, <laughs> is that your dog farting it's in the my, background? It's my dog. <laughs>
1: off of the lung back here. <laughs> oh, you can check him yeah, out real quick. Yeah, is, is she okay? Yeah, stand by one. Let me check on her real quick.
0: Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Hey, so I uh, going back real quick, I found the, the name of that game was Ripoff. Off. It was the first cooperative co-op playing game, two players, uh, Cinematronics. Um, That was it. Rip off. Yeah. I think I saw that somewhere.
1: I, I think that we, there'd be a funny thing too. Like, I do feel like during that glut time period, there was this period where anything that was super popular, there would be like a, a, not, not that it's associated with that game, but there would be a ripoff of it, like <laughs> of sorts, mm-hmm. or what I would call the the poor man's version, or you could call it the wish version of it. Like today, as people mm-hmm. you know, are always say, like I feel like yeah. Battle Toads was like the poor man's Ninja Turtle. Like <laughs> yeah.
0: But Battle Toads ended up, know, uh, you know, know. creating I, I love its own it space way
1: more than the. It, it's a definite. well like, What success do you mean of, more? Oh yeah, way more. Way. You more.
0: like it more than New- Teenage more. Mutant Ninja Turtles?
1: What? I mean, simply because I, I'm it's my favorite game of of like that era. Like I can't, you know, Ark is my favorite video game of all time, but like when I think of console, like like of that age, you know, that that time period. Battletoads is hard to beat, brother.
0: Was that on the Sega Genesis or on the I think it was on Nintendo the Super NES. Nintendo, NES. Super Nintendo? It was on all like like both super and the
1: the regular, but I I could be
0: wrong on that. That was a fun game. Mostly played it on emulators. Was that the game where like you'd like bust an enemy's ass and he'd fly out the screen? Kinda. Well in like like maybe
1: you'd punch him twice and it would be normal. And then the third one is like a fist that's like bigger than both of you. And you know that it's just like, it's executed so perfectly. It kind (laughs) of, it's almost in that Duke Nukem territory where it's just perfect. You know, like, like the way the cartoon kind of goes, like, like somehow like there's just something. There's something
0: there that the finesse there for you. Yeah. It it just copy that. It's so satisfying. Yeah, man. So yeah peso i mean not and not all of them were 1 peso you you'd find you know 2 peso 5 peso and it, and they'd be marked you'd be able to tell a huge arcade experience that i got to have uh i mean really my my first arcade experience were in the us you know my my very first ones the ones that that i look back on warmly you know with like with my uh, parents with my grandparents you know the, going to places like shy's cafe going to places like Abby's legendary pizza, or Pizza Hut, or mm-hmm. um, you know, just all of these places would have video game arcades. You know, they'd have little sections or little uh, separate rooms, or or they'd be lined up against a certain wall. And and these, yeah. these 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 locations would be very familiar to us as kids. Like you know, going to see this family member in a way meant this thing where we like we knew oh we're going to see we're going to see, that means we might get to go to Abby's and we might get to play video, you know, or we'd go to the movie theater. Movie theaters were another location where they'd have a whole section with all these video game, all these cabinet arcade games, you know, and there'd be a, the just all this stuff again. I don't want to rehash it all out again, but, um, here in, in Mexico in the, you know, not an, it's, it's, it's still there. I don't think anyone really goes to it. In fact, I might go check it out just for you Know just for shits and giggles, just for nostalgic purposes, just to look at it now in my uh, in my 30s and reflect back. But there's a huge arcade down here called Recorcholis, and when they opened the big mall here in the city close by, uh, they put a Recorcholis in it, and it was it was huge, man. And this was when I was still in high school, I think, and for a, no, I was in middle school, I was in middle school, and it was you know. We'd we'd do the drive, the one hour drive, just to go to this place, <laughs> because man, like I, it was impressive. I I remember going like, you know, f- it, not to compare, but I would you know ref- think back on on arcades that I'd been to in the U.S. and then I'd like look at what they had built at this record release, and just be like, damn, you know? <laughs> I've never seen anything in the U.S. like this, dude. It's like they were pulling out all the stops for these arcades, huge arcades. Bowling alleys inside, uh, you know, all the air hockey tables, pool tables, ping, uh, ping pong, uh, all of the older classic type uh, arcade games, and then all of the new stuff as well from, from our 80s and 70s, like 70s and 80s, Pong, um, Space Invaders, Asteroids, you know, all of those games, all of the beat-em-ups, like all of the phases of arcade games were in this record release. Wow. And they also had the tickets and the rewards and the food and the bar and just you know it was, man, it was I loved going to this place. St- still coin operated like, at that time? Or? All coins and, and still a peso. Oh yeah, it was all pesos. And
1: and like the change? Did they have change machines? Like like would you put like mm-hmm. a twenty peso note in in the change machine or something? Or
0: exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> that seems
1: really affordable, like like in in comparison. It wasn't. It was. It, yeah. You just spend
0: more coins. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know. Yeah. That 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 little economy that we were talking about. Like it, it, you were going to take it as far as you could. I'm sure. <laughs> like, well, and you know, and
0: uh, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I don't I don't remember with precision, but it all it spendy you know if you're a parent you and your kid wants to go to the arcade it, yeah. you know it, you're not gonna it's gonna take some bucks <laughs> yeah even at the
1: casino now, well back then yeah I mean,
0: not nowadays you just get him get him a console <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i i guess i started to say there at the casino i've saw they'll have like penny slot machines and and ultimately you end up spending as much money in those like you end up betting you know a dollar like like at least and it, it it goes pretty quick so yeah i could see how that would work but yeah that that, that's interesting to me i i i and i I guess today if a video game was sitting out somewhere would it still be a peso in mexico you think or
0: no not unless see that's kind of like the thing that's that's the thing like the only places left where you can go and play cabinet video uh video games arcade games are these specialty places are like the ones that survived, you know, the, the ones that have made it and pushed through all of the, the waves of, uh, difficulty and, and lack of popularity and interest going in other directions with consoles, uh, high stakes PC gaming, you know, PC gaming is a whole thing that we haven't really had an episode on yet, except the Intellivision. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, <sighs> I'm sure I could find places out there, but it's going to be like an art. It's going to be a, a, a business where they have these machines that maybe I can play for a peso or two pesos or five, but it's definitely not going to be their main business. It'll just be like, you know, a couple of side machines on the side of their actual main business, which would, you know, maybe a restaurant or something. Oh, that's a good question, Chuck. I don't know. Yeah. If, if, if I could find, if, if next time I go to the city, I'll I'll swing by where I used to go to play arcade games in the city and I'll see if they're still there. And if they're still there, I'll take a look at what they cost 2022 and yeah. i'll let you know and yeah, we'll we'll that bring that up awesome. in the next episode
1: uh, yeah yeah i'd love to, but, to Yeah, you know what
0: through. chuck i i made it to the arcade <laughs> i made it
1: uh, yeah could you take that microphone with you and like do a little yeah, 100 ASMR. pesos are, damn <laughs> <laughs> I, i'm i'm racking my brain like just <clears> you know times i i feel like at the maybe the the grocery store in in the bigger cities there i i've, I've saw maybe a claw machine or two and and You know, kind of like more like in that area where you first come in.
0: Uh, Well, you've also been coming down here for quite some time. So you've got you got to experience the same stores that I did back in the 90s, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you've experienced the. You know, now when we when we go, when you when you come and visit, you know, we go to Costco. What? You know, (laughs) Costco wasn't there back in the day. I mean, hell, half of the town that we're in here didn't have power. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now Can't it's like that video. Yeah. Yeah. things have, yeah. things have changed hugely here
1: yeah that's the point of this episode folks like electricity it's no joke <laughs> 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 once uh, it's involved gets game on
0: <laughs> yeah I, th- I think if 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 i had to drop a final point <laughs> to 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 wrap up this awesome episode uh it's that Arcades are uh, were are a huge part of my um, childhood. They really are. Um, and I'm, when I say arcades, I don't mean these massive mall arcades that uh, you know that are now a relic and that are slowly, well, quite rapidly actually disappearing. You know, they they're definitely a part of my of my childhood and growing up. Uh, and and when I say arcades, I mean all of them, whether it's in a little restaurant or in a little you know, bar or whatever in a little pizzeria, uh, or a huge, massive arcade, just the, the experience of walking up to a cabinet arcade game and popping in that quarter and, and hearing all the, watching all the lights light up and the sounds activate and, you know, it saying ready player one and hitting the button and here we go. It's just like that whole (laughs) experience, man, even though now, you know, it, as adults much older, you know, I don't know if we would still feel that same joy, but it's least it's in there. It's inside of me. So if there's anything I would close this episode on, it's if you've never experienced that before and you, and you have time and then there's an arcade that's not too far away, or if you ever gonna experience to go to a place where there's an arcade close by, check it out, you know, and just have fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I. I, I couldn't it's agree something with more. special. It, it is, and I feel like uh, you know there are like some places pretty close to me that the, the concept now I think is to combine it with something else, maybe like a bar or something or, or somewhere to eat, and and uh, and I think most of these places run on the, like you pay ten dollars to play as long as you want, you know, kind of thing, and um, <sighs> yeah, yeah, I think those 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 experiences are out there for folks and. Uh, I would it's not the give. same though, and, and and I also think too like like it, it isn't. I, I agree. I would almost rather they gave me the quarters, and and you know like I mm-hmm. I, I, I went through that 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 you know sort of process, but uh,
0: you've already tackled that uh, and gotten past it. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> I feel like uh, you know
1: sharing it with 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 a buddy like like I feel like you know you kind of said that like you know I do feel like if I came down there and said you know hey I'm pretty positive I could. Destroy you at Street Fighter, like <laughs> like you'd oh, be, like, be. Oh, like, we'll like, see. Oh, what?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go see if record julie's still open. la <laughs> chingada! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Vámonos pues Street Fighter. <laughs> and and that's one of the
1: beautiful things about video games. I, I remember like one of the things that stuck out to me was like like they used Pac Man as an example that brought like you know, executives and these older folks of, of the seventies, you know, into it and stuff. And I, I think that's one of the cool things like, like how it can, yeah, just, it's almost like it's a, it's like a, once you've put that quarter in it's, it's a license to be a kid again, you know, for a minute. And, and, you know, I think that's, it's it really hard to find those opportunities in this world, you know? So, um, I, I certainly encourage it is, folks man. To look for that.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, if, if, if you if you've never experienced it go check it out if you have like little kids or something and you're a parent it's certainly a, a good idea like uh, that that that'd be something really fun that you could go do with your kids you know find an arcade that maybe has like a, a pizza joint attached to it or uh, I don't know a bowling alley or bumper cars or who knows a, a miniature golf uh, sometimes these places will come paired up and it's a, it's a wonderful experience man I I'm so grateful. I'm so happy that I got to experience um, an arcade, a video game arcade, pre cell phones, pre you know, pre cameras everywhere, pre you know, like pre knowing where my parents were. Uh, I know that sounds messed up, but just like there's so much to that. You know, this is these are places where we would go to have fun, to flirt, to get our hearts broken, to challenge other other teens to, you know, get our school clothes and, you know, there's just so much to this. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. at this point, it's like, like, all right, I get it. Ovax, shut the hell up. Man. Take my kid already. God, yeah, do it. Take your kids. Do it. And if you don't have any kids, but you've never experienced yourself, it'd be something really fun. You know, just get after it. Go check out an arcade. It's okay. fun. You'll kill some time there. Yeah, you won't regret it. All right, 100%. Yeah. Well, shoot, what else you got, Chuck T? Anything else, man? How's your Ark life going? Oh, geez. It's,
1: <laughs> it's been going pretty good. I, uh, uh, it's, it's dominated my, my playing style today. I, I definitely had an interesting day yesterday in Ark. I, I had uh, kind of a, a PvP encounter there that uh, kind of, yeah, it was pretty exciting.
0: You got uh on the... On Fjorder? Yeah. On the new map? <laughs>
1: yeah, I was I was down on Fjorder and I was I was looking for a Baryonyx and, and I just happened to kind of look over and, and uh, I saw him first. It was, it was somebody pretty far away and they were on a, a snow owl. And I'm pretty sure it's the guy I let pass the time before. So I was kind of like, you know... Your time's coming, buddy, and, and uh, oh shit! Yeah, so um, he took off on the just, just,
0: just for reference, uh, fellow gamers. A uh, baryonyx is one of the dinosaurs in Ark that you can capture and tame. But it's also a very dangerous animal to to capture and tame. So you were looking for baryonyxes
1: in the swamp on on, on Forder, which is oh kind of God. Like this dark. It's area a miserable and, place to be. And I oh. saw this trap that somebody had built there, and 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 that kind of thing. And then, like I say, I saw somebody there one day, and I had a bunch of stuff on me, and I kind of had a bunch of stuff this day, but I just knew that I was on my dragon, and he was on a, a snow owl, you know, which uh, was a pretty good. You yeah, know, you would You would win. Yeah. But um, what happened was, is he started trying to run for it, and and I started trying to to wet him down, you know, with the 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 special ability of the dragon that I had, and uh, you know, it throws hot water, and and I, I kind of burnt my stamina up doing that, like it, and it wasn't hitting him, like you know, he that snowhouse pretty quick, like far as as maneuverability, it's not fast like in in flat out speed, but it can turn pretty quick. And so yeah, he'd man. get out of the way and uh, a little hummingbird. Yeah. He would, he would hummingbird his way itself out of the way there. And um, so I had to get away from him to get stamina. And when I first landed, I thought, man, what if he's got a sniper or something and he picks me off the back of this thing? Like, you know, so I readjusted, I got like further away and, and I got my stamina back and and I went where I thought, thought he was. And he was on the ground over there and he had put his snow owl up and he had his RG out and he had put it on aggressive And he had a shotgun and a micro raptor. He had a micro raptor on his shoulder. So he threw the (laughs) micro raptor like to get me or whatever. And luckily, like I I, I got him real good with the the water and and a good bite. And, And I just like killed him instantly. And the micro raptor got me right after that. Oh. and he got he got two um he got two shots in on on the dragon like like i was still on the dragon while he was still living so the the micro raptor knocked me off but it was no problem i mean there like like it uh, there was nothing like the rg was hitting me but he, it wasn't enough to kill me like it was it was hurting me but I, I knew i was gonna make it and i got back on the dragon and killed that rg too and the micro raptor and uh yeah, he had... Took the, all his shit. Yeah, yeah, it was it was already on my dragon. I, st- I stopped to go get it. He had a boat that he had built like a little base on, and he got back on that boat and started running for it. And um,
0: Oh, dude, that was the guy that wanted to ask if we wanted to be tribe mates. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you savage, man. It's PvP. He was ready, dude. He was ready. I mean, he... <laughs> it's PvP. If, 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 sab- if, if he had... If that Microraptor had gotten me just a little sooner... Like he had a decent shotgun. I mean, he would have got me. Like so, it wasn't. You know, I, I thought about that. I thought about even taking some of his stuff back, but I, I later on, I was kind of like, eh, you know,
0: PvP baby.
1: Yeah, he put that thing on. Red aggressive. is dead. He he he. I mean, he he squared up like he. You know, I saw him <laughs> over there. You know, he was out there ready to fight. Like so, you know, he had a shotgun out. I was like, all right. I mean, it, it, it took a lot of time to go no, get them dragons. Cool. He could have done the same thing. I, he was the same level as me. You know, I had to, like, you got to go knock out other dragons, get the primal crystal off of them, and it's a, it's a hassle. So, you know, I mean, I felt like, yeah. you know, he 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 could have done the same thing I did. It just you know, it takes time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, it was exciting, I dude. I, I guess, like, the thing, I, you know, I, we don't want to bar listeners with all the the and outs of this, but the just that instant, like, I, I don't even know that I ever remember my heart beating like that at the arcade. Like maybe when you're about to, you know, kind of get through a boss that you, you hadn't, but there's something about that PVP that, Oh my Lord. Like, I mean, yeah, just, man, it does get your heart going Oh, instantly. Like, I mean, it's just, um, it, it's very similar to hunting in the, you know, hunting experiences I've had in real life, even like, like, you know, when you're sitting in a tree stand for hours and you finally see a deer, like it, it, you know, you get that like you know just that jolt like somehow and and like once it happens like you're in a different world you're in fight or flight mode and yeah, it's <laughs> exciting you know but um yeah it was fun but other than that um yeah just playing playing arc and um a little bit of call of duty uh you know war zone that kind of thing it, it hadn't nothing to really write home about there but uh anything else going on with you that you've been playing you're
0: still in the, no, the dying no. light or I think we should wrap this one up. Uh, it's getting close to two hours. Um, do you have any final final comments for the listeners on arcade games? Yeah, no, I, you
1: know I think we we really really covered it, and, and you know it might be something. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know that it's completely dead. I, I think those uh, those retro folks will keep it out there alive, and you know there there are a few machines like Golden Tee, I think, and and uh, Dance Dance Revolution that that. You know, still yeah. are out there. Gosh, like,
0: man. There's some videos of kids playing Dance Dance Revolution, man. <laughs> their feet move so fast.
1: Dude, have you seen the guy that it's does two nuts. players? He does two players. Like, he puts <laughs> up on
0: that, that little handlebar and... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, clenching his ass cheeks and just watching them legs. Just fucking up.
1: go, go. He's nailing it. It's like perfect. like,
0: like great moves. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. that's funny Yeah, I remember trying that game at Recorchulis Actually, at that arcade I was telling you about um, Down here in Mexico I suck at it Yeah, I do too I, You know, I suck at it I get like I hit like <laughs> <laughs> Get in one movie <laughs> Yeah, I'm dancing <laughs> Yeah <laughs> You know, and then exactly. someone badass would come up And just be like <laughs> Yeah, yeah You're just like, fuck. Yeah, it's the one
1: that people (laughs) watch kind of like, you know, and I, 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 I find that I I loved that clip from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I think that that whole thing, like, you know, kind of sets that mood. And if you watch that whole thing, like right before that, they show all the food court, like all the stuff that's being made there to eat. and
0: Ah, man. Yeah. The smells, the sounds, the lights. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Ah, Try to find,
0: try to find one and go to it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, dude, this has been a wonderful episode Listeners, again, uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode on arcades and arcade games Uh, Definitely show us some love on your favorite podcast app if you like the content Um, And you can count on us being back for another episode here in about dos semanas, two weeks In fact, we should do another DLC episode I think it's time It is time, we should do another DLC episode That's been really fun While we uh, brainstorm our next topics Ladies and gentlemen, fellow gamers, non gamers, PVEers, PvPers, and even NPCs, this has been the New Wave Gaming Podcast, and we love you and shit. Check out. Love you guys. See you next time. Awesome. See you next time, man.